I'm Dan Lugo, and today on behalf of Community of Grace Lutheran Church, I will be interviewing Ruben Senea and Laura Taveras from Mission of Hope. Uh, right now, going on in our fellowship hall across the way, we have a ton of volunteers packing 100,000 meals for Mission of Hope. Uh, and we just can't be more excited about this. And we thought you might want to know more about who Mission of Hope is, is and what they do. Um, and you can't always get the full story. So uh, not saying this is going to be the full story, but a lot more from Ruben and Laura that you otherwise wouldn't be able to hear. So uh, we hope to connect you to the people of Mission of Hope as well as uh, the mission, which is to bring hope to every man, woman, and child. Uh, the hope of Jesus Christ. So we're excited to have them. Here we go. Well, hello, hello. Hi. Hello, Ruben. Hello, Laura. Uh, I'm Dan, which Hi, you Dan. already know. Yeah. Um, we are excited to have you guys here. How often do you come stateside? I probably come four to five times a year. I have family in the States, so. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nice. This is my first time in Minnesota, though. Whoa. How's it been so far? Great. Great. I think I brought the rain from the DR. Well, we appreciate it. We needed it. <laughs> this is like the first October where I've seen, I was telling my wife on the way here, that the leaves are green and it's mid-October. The past few years, it's just been sticks. Mm. So, mm -hmm. thank you. Thank You're you welcome. Your <laughs> <laughs> and Ruben, you live in the States. Yes. Right now, we live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, That's basically another country from up here. It's different, but, uh, you know, it's probably the, the farther north we'll ever get. Okay. Uh, me and my family, so it's good for us. We're there, I would say, temporary until until things we can move back. That's the goal. You know, we, we want to be down there in Haiti or yeah, wherever that is. Yeah, absolutely. How long have you been in the States? Oh, uh, with my family this yep. season. Uh, we were in Haiti full time, 2016 all the way to uh, 2020. When COVID hit, you know, mm -hmm. we all. Everything was kind of confused. We were like, what do we do? I think uh, March or April, that's when we, we pulled back out of Haiti mm -hmm. because of COVID. Then the way things are right now, we're not being able to go back. Uh, I've been back a few times, but mm -hmm. not with my family, like, leaving there. So Right. Yeah. And not everybody knows about the current situation mm -hmm. who might be listening to this. So can you describe a little bit of what, how are yeah. things in Haiti right now? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's politically, you know, politically things are, you know, Things went downhill when the president died in 2021, I think July 2021, and that created a vacuum and, and the gangs took over. And, and with that, you know, the insecurity level increased significantly. So you have a country right now that's technically controlled by gangs. So mm. wow. uh, that's what's going on. Yeah. And you growing up down there, how, yeah. what was it like growing up in Susmala? Mm -hmm. This is our, our like sister village down there. Um, what was that like and how has that been for you just seeing the progression throughout your life? Man, looking back, I think it was awesome. You know, I, it, you, you don't know what you have until you, you kind of grow out of it. Mm. If, I don't know if that makes sense. You know, I was I grew up in a stable family. You know, with mom and dad. You know, they they educated teachers and stuff, and and they knew Jesus. So I was always in the church, playing music in the church. You know, small community, small village. Everybody know who you are. And, you know, you messed up, you're gonna get spanked by any <laughs> any adult in the community. That's how I always took it. It was a village raising kids. So, mm -hmm. it, and that that mindset, that culture, still there uh, down there in Haiti. So it, it was it was I think, uh, but of course there was some hardship. You know, and again, I would also say you know, the the things that I've been through when it comes to hard days, hard seasons, you know, sometimes I wish I did not go through them, but I'm grateful that I went through them. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. It helps shape my future, helps shape uh, who I am today, being a, being a dad of two kids and married for 12 plus years. So I don't uh, think anybody would say it. Yeah, I prefer to suffer. Yeah, that's it, not really the way most you, people think about. That. You know, if we were to go pick, we would not pick it at the time, right? But mm -hmm. you know, a lot of time God let things happen for a purpose. You know, and and looking back, you're like, okay, if I didn't go through this, what would I do today? Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's the way I see it. Yeah. And you've been with uh, Mission of Hope for how long? <sighs> My first job with, oh man, I would say, oh <laughs> five, oh six. 
Mm -hmm. It's a long time, it was 17 years or so. Wow. So I started going there playing music at the church. My older brother. Well, you brother, look like you're like 25. Like, so are you, were you like eight <laughs> when you started I'm working? 40. I'm <laughs> what? 40. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be 40. 40 in like two weeks. Yeah, I'm 40. <laughs> so yeah, I started going there as a young kid, playing music and, and hang out there and then got my first job there. And then stepped out, went to school, grew, and then come back. You know, so yeah, I've been around Michelin for, for a while. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, man. Well, we've uh, heard your name a lot about around here, and it's good to yeah. finally put a face yes, and uh, be able to have you here. Yes, so, sir. Laura, you kind of popped on our radar recently, <laughs> and uh, I know when uh, Pastor Darren and Hannah went down there, um, mm -hmm. they couldn't stop talking about this this young diplomat. Uh, yeah, I don't know what you know what word they would use exactly, but they they just thought highly of you. So, tell us a little bit about you, where you grew up, because uh, very different story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I am born and raised in the DR, um, Santo Domingo, which is the capital of the country. And, and for people who don't know what the DR is. Oh, yeah, the Dominican Republic. All right. Um, border country to Haiti. Mm -hmm. um, 25 years old, uh, but I did not grow up like Ruben as a Christian family. So I'm the first Christian in my family. Wow, all right. Um, and I never thought I was going to be that person working in ministry. I didn't even know what ministry was until yeah. recently. Mm -hmm. um, got saved when I was 18. Mm -hmm. um, after I graduated high school, I, I went to a bilingual private high school. Okay. Uh, actually, through, throughout elementary school, middle school, high school. Uh, because of my parents' job, they worked at the government. I could, they could afford that. Um, and so after I graduated high school, I went to Vancouver, Canada for college, and that's where the Lord met me. And um, mm. I've been saved since. Then I went back to... So you're to saying God is in cold climates is what I, I'm hearing <laughs> you say. I mean, <laughs> I, I think so. <laughs> um, and then I came back to the DR. That was not my original plan. I actually had a job offer in Vancouver, mm. but that didn't work out. So I came back to the DR, and I started a business. And then through my business, I got connected with Mission of Hope. Um, and I was just drawn to it. Um, and I started as a volunteer for a whole year, actually, with no expectations. I just loved the mission. Um, and I wanted to help as much as I could as a local. Because Mission of Hope um, arrived to the DR in 2019. Um, so... In 2020, late 2020, that's when I got connected to Mission of Hope. And then for the whole year of 21, I was a volunteer. And then the Lord started to change my heart towards what I wanted to do for my future. Um, and then late 21, they offered me a job. And I, it was a very easy yes. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a huge life transition. Um, in that year as a volunteer, the Lord broke my heart for Haiti. I mean, I've known about Haiti for my whole life as someone that lives next to the country. I'm aware of the situation, but there has been so much tension for lots of years. And it's very deep. It's a multifactorial, deeply rooted tension, political, territorial, spiritual um, tension for mm. as long as I can remember. Um, and so my idea of Haiti was, you know, it's a country that's next to the DR. It's a country that's in constant turmoil. Um, and the people are in a, in a lot of need, they're desperate. And so we do have a lot of Haitian immigrants in the DR. Mm -hmm. um, and what's the, what's the situation like in the DR mm -hmm. in, com in comparison? So the DR is also a developing country, but it's not as, it's, it doesn't have uh, as much need as Haiti. And I've learned about this from like my coworkers and people that have been to Haiti. I've personally never been to Haiti. Um, and so what I've learned is that there's like a physical difference, like Haiti and the DR are, are very different, even like how, you know, the mountains are and how lush it is in the DR and how barren it is in Haiti. Mm. Um, my mind can't really fathom that because it's the same island, but, um, it is a developing country, the Dominican Republic. It's just a little bit more developed. Um, and I mean, we have a government, it's not the most perfect government, but, it's a functioning, developing country, I would say. Um, and it does have poverty. And I think the idea of the DR for a lot of people is that it's an area of tourism where people go to vacation. Like Punta Cana. Um, Punta Cana, palm trees, beaches, and all this. But it also is a mission field. It also has needs, not as tangible as Haiti. Mm -hmm. um, and so when it comes to uh, the... People from Haiti coming to the DR, uh, I mean, they're coming to survive and they're coming to support their family. 
the situation in Haiti is super critical. And I'm not sure the Dominicans know that 100%, but me being part of Mission of Hope, I've been able to learn more about it and unlearn a lot of things that I learned while growing up. Mm. Um, Because there's a lot of um, tension there. So even in the education system, Mm -hmm. things are very different. Um, yeah, can you speak to some of, for each of you, mm-hmm. how how did you grow up as, you know, next door neighbors' perception of each other? Because, right. like, in Minnesota, we don't think too fondly of Wisconsin sometimes. <laughs> no offense. No offense. But, yeah. uh, and I think it's probably a little even more severe or different, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so what was that, what was that like mm-hmm. for you guys? I'll tell you, I mean, first time to the DR for me was, like, maybe... 2001 or two for a couple of weeks just check it out you know we, we grew up knowing hey these guys over there they're not as friendly as you want them to be right but until we start going and talking to people like the local the small business or whatever they realize it's not really what the reality is saying hmm. and again there's a lot of hist- historical uh, conflict you know when these two when this the division between the island you know you got one country occupy one side and the other one colonize one side so you know, from that day, the beginning, the conflicts arise. There's a lot of documents, a lot of books yeah. are written about the, the conflict between the two countries. But, you know, in 2023, you know, looking at where we are today, you know, I believe there's a lot of progress, if you would say that. Yeah. I think people are more, more educated, more yeah. aware of the, 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 the situation and, and the rise of people getting to know Jesus. I think also there's a lot of transformation happening mm-hmm. in both sides, too. I think the gospel helped. People see we are equal, we are the same, you know. And in fact, Dominican and Haitians are basic, basically the same roots, you know, the same people originally, you know, right? Yeah. So uh, I, I think over time we start seeing progress there. But for me, growing up, I knew, right, we're not friends with the Dominican. Hmm. And then having kids being raised with that mindset, it does, it does change today, uh, reality. Of course, in our education system, that was not uh, deeply uh, implemented. Yeah. It was more against France for us, right? But, uh, but we knew, you know, in the back of our head, in the back of our mind, Haiti and Dominican or not, we mm-hmm. partners, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say the, since I can remember, it's been a very indifferent um, view from the Dominican source Haitians. And I do not want to generalize. You definitely have Dominicans that are super friendly and then you have those that do not want to do anything with Haitians. But I would say in the education aspect, so the Dominican independence is actually from Haiti. Um, And so when we celebrate our independence, we celebrate our freedom from the occupation of the Haitians Mm -hmm. in our land. Okay. Um, I can see that being, becoming a thing. Yeah. Because Haitians did occupy the whole island. Mm -hmm. Um, And then our independence in 1844. And that's when we became an independent country. So um, it wasn't until 2010 when the earthquake hit Haiti that I didn't... I mean, that's when I, like, started to see that Dominicans being generous and the Dominican Republic be open Mm. and even a, a channel for help for Haiti. That's when I started, you know, seeing people's hearts break for Haiti and the situation, humanitarian, spiritual, and in every area. Um, I mean, it was a big deal. We felt it, not as much as Haiti, but it was like, we've got to do something. The government was really generous as well. Um, And then I think Mm -hmm. because of that, a lot of the Haitians came to the DR and then it just became a turmoil of illegal immigration and insecurity and... um, there were a lot. There's a. There's still a lot of components to that. Okay, we we can be friendly, but we want to be safe, and so mm-hmm. there's this tension, mm-hmm. especially with now 70 percent of you know the territory in Haiti being governed by gangs. There's this fear that that's going to happen yeah. mm-hmm. in the Dominican, and so obviously, if you're thinking as a diplomat, as a polit- politician, your responsibility is to take care of your territory. Right. Uh, but in that taking care responsibility there can be a lot of things lost in like translation whether that is how you treat the other person how it's approached um and so i've been able working in ministry i've been able to to see all the parts but then go back to what does the gospel say what is how does the lord want us to address this Mm -hmm. because we in our inner you know human flesh i'm like yeah i want my you know my family to be safe and not to be at risk and if there's 
anything that we need to do and, and as a Dominicans, let's do it. But then what does the, what does God want us yeah. to do regarding mm-hmm. this situation? And so it's a lot of point going back to, okay, what does the yeah, word yeah, say? Yeah. What does the Lord want us to do? Because um, yeah. we are one island and sure. we've got to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Now, you both mentioned the gospel in this. And for some people, the gospel is, Jesus saved me from my sins so I could go to heaven someday. Um, the way you're describing the gospel sounds very different. So what? how would you describe, like, what does the gospel have to do with any of this? How, how are you speaking to that? I would say it's about the ministry of reconciliation. We yeah. are reconciled to the Father through yeah. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we're able to love one yeah, another. Yeah. Yeah. Um and that applies in this yeah. situation. And is it why? Why is so? God loves me. Why should I love you? And I think again, you know, when you know, we love because He loves us first, mm-hmm. right? And I think that changed the way I see you, the way I see everybody. I get my relationship with with my neighbor makes sense because of how God sees me, mm-hmm. and because yeah. of. Uh, technically, his love for me as a Christian. Once you get a group of that, things start to change, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, you're heartbreak for people in the same way Jesus is heartbreak for for, for the for, for the poor, yeah. and, uh, for the illegals, for all those issues we're seeing today. And, and in fact, when you look back, you go back thousands of years. You know, there's a lot of crisis, a lot of conflict, a lot of you know territorial conflict. These mm-hmm. things existed back then. But what was Jesus' position in, yeah. at the moment? He's all broke for him. You know, he, he came down and served them. His ministry was the most needed. And, and who are we today? And not to, uh, you know, adapt that mindset. And that, in fact, that's what we're here for. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. For me, it's like, what is my main identity? I mm-hmm. am a daughter of God, you know, a disciple of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean... I am Dominican and I'm all this, but like, what is my main identity? Yeah. And from that, what is my responsibility? And what is the, his command yeah. while I'm on this side of heaven? Mm-hmm. Um, and I can, I can just say I have the right of this and I have the right of that, but we gave up those rights That's good. when we accepted Jesus. That's good. Um, and those, I mean, a lot of those things come from good intentions, but then we have to remind ourselves what's, what's our command? It's to love one another as he loved us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a challenge in today's world, um, but it's it's a good one and it's worth, it's part of carrying our cross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's good. Absolutely, I love that. Thank you for that's diving good, into man. that. Um, I'm gonna take a little little bit of a turn. You mentioned a lot of things that have to do with the education system and yeah. the political system. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, your, what's your involvement? What's your, why are you thinking about those things? It just seems like you are very acutely aware of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, can you speak to a little bit of that and how, how your work dovetails with that or how maybe you hope to go in that way, it sounds like? Yeah. Um, so now that I get to serve and work in ministry, I do not take my education for granted. I think because I had the privilege of having a private education and a good education, now seeing these people that are from my country and people from Haiti that didn't have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, like this is important. Education mm-hmm. is important. Um, and so, yes, I had this opportunity and now I'm equipped to serve other people, but what's the importance of it? And I think that is yeah. part of like the battle worth fighting for in ministry. And, and this is why Mission of Hope is strong in education yeah. in both Haiti and the DR. Um, and then being, being a daughter of two people that worked in the government, I was exposed to a lot of these things as well. And so I know I have an idea of how things work um, in the government and, and how that influences the education system and mm-hmm. how that influences you know decisions made that affects the Haitians. And so um, I can learn from a lot of like areas in my life and then, okay, how can we actually serve better mm-hmm. um, as a body of Christ? And yeah, it is a, it is a challenge because yeah. a lot of these things are subjective, but part of my job is like, okay, let's go back to what does Zoller want us to do? Like yeah. I said previously. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, what is it like for you being a woman in this field? I mean, I don't know if it's the same, you know, I could speak to more of the American uh, side. Um, it's just more challenging for women to do most things in the public sphere. Uh, I don't know if that's similar, different. Can you speak to that and how that's been for you? Yeah, so not only that, but being a young woman. 
Um, I get a lot that I look younger than I am, which is a compliment, but whenever I have to go to meetings, you know, with politicians or people in the government or even people in ministry, they're like, okay, like, mm -hmm. you're going to talk to me. Like, <laughs> like this is it. Um, and I've learned not to, like, be intimidated by that. Mm -hmm. It can be challenging because there's a lot of patriarchy in the yeah. DR still. Okay. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you, like it's it's an insecurity of mine a lot of times, especially stepping into really important conversations that are going to have a huge impact in the industry. Um, and I need to remind myself that it's not about me. Yeah, yeah. It's not about, I mean, my gender. Yeah. And I mean, the Lord wanted to use me. Why, I don't know, because he knows I do not like being in the front. Okay. <laughs> I don't like the spotlight. I don't like meeting. I don't like confrontation. It's like, I'm just, a vessel and he chose me and it's not my favorite thing to like lead these conversations yeah. Ruben knows that because I'm like Ruben <laughs> this is not my thing I want to be in the backstage um, what is it like I think the Lord has given me the grace um, and I can only point and give the credit to Christ because honestly like <laughs> I step into these conversations sometimes and I'm like Lord like have your way and he definitely just is glorified and all of that. Um, mm. And again, it's not about me, um, but what he wants to do through us. And so we get to be a part of that. We don't have to, it's not a, it's not a it shouldn't be a burden. We get to be a part of what he wants to do, um, you know, his kingdom here in, in, in Hispaniola in the United States. And so I get to say yes and put my yes on the table. And I see that as obedience and not to try to focus yeah. on what people might say like that should not be my focus i should just fix my eyes on jesus and let him do whatever he's good at mm -hmm. <laughs> which is everything that's yes absolutely. <laughs> well that's amazing yeah. I, was, uh, I am honored humbled just being able to talk with you about that um also you but mostly her yeah. uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> it's just so great you know um just both of you have been doing incredible work you know it's weird uh uh, you may have heard the phrase like white guilt. Um, it's like, okay, being in the States and mm. like, what is it? Uh, when, I'll say it this way. Mission of Hope, when it started, it just seems to me, and you can correct me if this isn't the right perspective, but it seems like a big part of what Mission of Hope was doing, of what Brad and Otis and others were doing, is trying to really raise up uh, yeah. Haiti and, right. and let the people of Haiti do the leading mm -hmm. uh, and take it from there yeah. rather than being... Uh, as some people would say, like a white savior mm -hmm. coming in and, and taking over sort of thing, um, but r instead just raising up the people who are there and, and more or less backing yeah. off. Um, how do you see uh, that playing out as well as like with Americans coming down? Is that helpful? Is it not? Just how, what is the interplay of white Americans and Hispaniola and how do we do that well? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, we our, our, our goal is... Of course, to raise leaders, locals to run the show. Because the dif the difference between American uh, coming out to lead is there's a cultural difference. There's a cultural lack of cultural knowledge, and you know by the time somebody come down, learn the culture, learn the job, and get used to it, there's a Haitian you can teach how to do it quicker, mm -hmm. and that's always happened. And it's always impressive to see how fast they can grab it and take take over, take it away. So it's the same case for me, right? When I first talked Michelle, for there's a lot of things I didn't know how to do. You learn on the job and then grow, and then start leading things. Uh, so now talking about uh, the the white savior thing, it is important. It is important to help help the locals see farther than they can see. And number two, it's also encourage them, right? Help mm -hmm. them see things from a different perspective. And for me, the the, the, the American influence in, in my ministry life was key, right? Help me see 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 uh, see the work of ministry differently. Yeah. And again, God created us with different knowledge, from different culture for a purpose. And there are ways when we merge, right? Knowledge and culture, um, uh, everything together. It's beautiful, help us advance the gospel of Jesus Christ where it needs to go. So there's nothing wrong with both of them work together, but what's the end goal? The end goal is to help Haiti to, to rise up and then change you know, itself yeah. with its people. And that's the same thing we're trying to accomplish in the DR. So. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. 
Mission of Hope has been able to establish like healthy boundaries when it comes to empowering the locals. And I've been with Mission of Hope uh, for three years now, and I've been able to see that um, in, a, in a different way because I, I mean, I arrived to Mission of Hope and it was a developed organization and it was something that they already said that they did. Mm -hmm. And I've been able to see the fruit of that. Um, and also whenever we do have, you know, people coming down for a short-term mission trip, we let them know that everything that we do, we do it through the local church. Mm -hmm. And we explain the why behind that. Mm -hmm. and, it, and sometimes help hurts and we explain the why yeah. behind that. Um, and I mean, the harvest is plenty and the workers are yep. few. And that is why, I mean, North Americans coming down and serving is so helpful um, because we need the resources yep. and we need the hands and we need the feet. And we want to represent, not, we, we don't only want to share the gospel, but we want to model the gospel and it takes a village. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it's about, you know, believers coming down and the body of Christ just working yep. together. Now, there are cultural boundaries that as a Dominican, I explain, you know, to the North Americans, North Americans coming down and um, our Haitian staff explain as well. Um, Can you give an example of one of those? Yes. And so we are very big on not making any promises. Yep. So if you, even for like full-time staff, even as a local, we do not make any promises. Mm -hmm. um, in the Dominican Republic, we, we work with local pastors. Those are what we call village champions in Haiti. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, local pastors, uh, we have a network of local pastors. And so when we meet with them, since the beginning, we make that really clear. We're not here to make any promises. We're not here to solve your problems. Yeah. We're here to empower you and equip you to be the leader in your community and to mm -hmm. reach every man, woman, yeah. and child. Mm -hmm. um, and we also communicate that to the North Americans coming down. Yeah. When you're out in the community meeting people, do not make any promises. And we explain mm -hmm. the why behind that. And sometimes, whenever we go out and do a mission trip, we have this mission trip high where we just want to solve every problem that yeah. we see. Mm -hmm. And that's not what we're called to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so we help them, you know, process that. And how can you be most helpful? So they talk to us, we talk to the pastor. And because he's the permanent leader, the one that can follow up with the families, the mm -hmm. one can actually, through the local church, meet those needs. Mm -hmm. uh, we find the long-term yeah. um, resource for yeah. that. Uh, but in every means that we do, whether that's medical, nutrition, education, these are just means to share the gospel because yeah. that's where true life transformation is. Um, and so we do communicate that. We, we have, you know, SMT training and SMT stands for strategic ministry time. And it's a way where uh, North Americans and local staff get to go out to the communities yeah. and share the gospel. And it's a more relational way of evangelizing mm -hmm. um, and then you also get to do construction projects mm -hmm. and so in in these things that you do you have interactions with locals and there is you know from a north american and then an, a dominican or a north american and a haitian um, and so we let them know beforehand the do's and the don'ts yeah. and how that translates yeah. to another question is um what is your greatest need we ask them not to ask that because that can be translated to i'm going to meet that need right mm -hmm. now um, do not give anything out yeah. and because if, I mean, you're playing with a kid, let's say, mm -hmm. and you give them a piece of gum, you're going to have 50, 50 kids. kids yep. You don't have 50 pieces of gum and it's like, okay, let's be good stewards of the resources yeah. that we have. Um, so these are important conversations and guidelines and boundaries yeah. that we, you know, set not only for short-term trips, but as an as a organization. Whenever we do things in the community, we do not take the credit for it. We want the local church to be the one leading that mm -hmm. um, and championing that. Yeah. And so we just equip them and help them re with resources with the hope that it is yeah. something that models um, God's care for yeah. his people. Mm. There's so many projects, so many ministry opportunity birth out of uh, teams, American teams, on the ground for a, short, for a week of, of ministry time. Basically, them, we always tell them, you see something that you feel like, you know, your heart is speaking to you to fix or whatever, how you can invest there, let us know. And then we look at it. Yeah. We send locals there to evaluate, mm -hmm. assess, yeah. wow. making sure it's a legit need. Yeah. We work with the local pastors. There's some, some project or some, some stuff that even require working with local government, right? We work with them. They confirm this is a need, and then we do what we got to do to meet that need. And once we do it that way, it empowers the local entity. Yeah. If it's a church, it ways put the church in a different position. Mm -hmm. You're here. 
as a representative yeah. of Christ to meet not only the spiritual need but also the physical need of the people. Now the missionaries that therefore weak, they stand behind the scene, either they're supporting the part the project yeah. financially with prayers or mm -hmm. sometimes go down next year or next month mm -hmm. to help get that started. Mm -hmm. So it's a beautiful picture. It helps the locals. It put Christ in a different position. Yeah. Again, the white savior mindset we're talking about, if we let there's nothing wrong with yeah. American help yeah. fixing an issue, but let us do it together. Let's yeah. get the locals involved. Make sure this is a real need, and together we meet that need. Mm. We're careful with not making neither the pastor or the people in the community depend on mm -hmm. the American yeah. coming down and helping. Yeah. Um, and something that we encourage uh, short-term trip team members is you're here for a mission trip, but when you yeah. go back home, you go back home to your mission field. Yeah. So whatever you learned, that week of serving, how can you apply that back home yeah. in your community, uh, where you work, in your neighborhood? Mm. Um, I mean, these uh, opportunities to go to the Dominican Republic, hopefully soon in Haiti, mm -hmm. um, get people out of their comfort zone. And then we challenge them, okay, now that you're going to go back to the States, what does that look like? Mm. Don't just stay with it and just check off mission trip out of your yeah. list. Um, you're able to do that in your own circle where the Lord has you. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, it's, I mean, we tell them your mission trip does not end here. Mm -hmm. um, there's also needs wherever you are. Yeah. And I think something that we've, we've been able to identify is that the need is more tangible in Haiti yeah. than it is in the DR. And so a lot of people that have been to Haiti, when they come to the DR, they're like, okay, so what's the need? Mm -hmm. um, and there, it, it goes beyond physical, mm -hmm. it's spiritual. Um, the, the DR is very Catholic. It has Catholicism in, in, you know, in its roots. And I truly believe there are Catholics that are saved. Um, but then you have this aspect of because it's part of the tradition, a lot of people take the gospel for granted. Mm. And you might not see a lot of kids in the streets being hungry, mm -hmm. but you get to have pockets of that. Um, and get you get to serve the Haitians that are now in the DR, you know, trying to survive, trying to protect mm -hmm. their family. There are way more opportunities of serving than just seeing a physical need. Yeah. Um, and we challenge them to, to be open to mm -hmm. that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And also it's a good good way to define what it means to to be to, to serve. In Haiti it's maybe different. The yeah. approach is different. Yeah. Uh, the way it's done is different. But the, when you look at the big picture, we are here to represent Christ. It looks different in every country, maybe. Depends on what the country is about, where the country position itself, and what's going on there culturally, financially, you know, how the economy is. It is different in the yeah. DR. But we have to kind of sometimes step back and understand the culture. How do we help these people differently? That's why the locals are important, right? right. To help us do it. Because we can't just copy and paste what we've done in Haiti, bring it over there. There's a lot of similarities, but there's a lot of differences. Mm -hmm. The people are different. Uh, uh, their needs are different. And, and everything is different. So, But what are we here for? To share the gospel. Make sure every man, woman, and child hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and see the gospel of Jesus Christ through us as servants. So, yeah, if you get to understand the big picture, why you call to do this, mm -hmm. then it's easy to adapt to every, to you know, any situation you're in. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. The the way you guys speak about what Mission of Hope is doing is truly, it's grounded in the gospel. And it's so evident. I don't think you guys went, like, at any point more than two minutes without saying, like, and this is why, where the hope comes from. Yeah. And I just think that's um, a beautiful thing um, that, that a lot of people can can latch on to because we find our life in Christ and he is the one who gives yeah. that continued power for transformation. Yeah. Uh, the reason to for reconciliation um, in that, um, just, well, I'll ask this out. Where do you guys see where you're at? This is kind of an open question I like to ask. We're a community of grace. Um, where you are, where do you see grace at work? And you, that's a very open question. Where do you see grace working in your, in your corner of your community? I would say, um, I mean, having a work culture where you have Haitians, Dominicans yeah. get along, love on one another, support one another, North Americans as well. I mean, this is just a glimpse of heaven. Yeah. Um, and that is, I mean, the grace that we're able to 
extend because of the grace that we were given. Like, it's just awesome to see that. Mm -hmm. Something that I did not see growing up, and I get to see that in my day-to-day, and get to be a part of sharing that hope so people are able to, you know, be transformed by the gospel. Um, It's just incredible, and that's where I get to see grace. Mm -hmm. It's something that you don't get to see often, and my hope Mm -hmm. is that you get to see it more often at least in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. Um, and I, I want it to be like a mainstream thing where Dominicans and Haitians are getting along along and loving one another, even if we're two independent countries in one island. Um, and I get to see grace in, in that transformation yeah. that we get to experience. Yeah. Mm. And for me, it's like a day-to-day ministry opportunity we have, even in Haiti, you know, although things are not the way they needs to be, but... Uh, you know, when you look at what I can name hundreds of kids that I've known for like 15 years ago and where they are today, you know, sacrificing a lot and being present on the ground and then keep things moving forward. The meal we're packing today, it has to go where it needs to go. And the, even the grace from, from those that are creating trouble, right, allowing us to do what we do sometimes because mm-hmm. there's the understanding these guys, they're just here to make sure people get fed, people get what they need. So, and in, in, in the DR side, for me, I've, I've grown a lot when it comes to uh, understanding people and seeing people differently. Uh, personally, grace has changed me. I understand what Jesus has done for me. Then, you know, it helps me, uh, help me love my neighbor differently. Mm. And, and that's what we're here for. That's what we're trying to portray. When, when I go to the DR, there's that little mindset deep inside, like, man, I don't really want to do it, but but grace would wake you up right away. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is what you're here for. This is the same thing. This is God's people. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. What would you say, Mission of Hope? I'm going to ask a question about needs, mm-hmm. uh, but first, uh, rather than saying how can people get involved and what can they give, what does Mission of Hope uh, in who you are? What do you think you have? Uh, to offer people in the States in their need? Great question. <laughs> to offer people in the States in their needs. Man, I, it's a good one. So we are here, for example, packing 100,000 meals. Right? What does that do for us? It helps us feed 500 kids for a year. Yep. Uh, but what does it do for, for you guys at that church? mobilize the people of that church, create a togetherness, and one goal, one purpose. You know, people get together, sacrifice that, those few hours today on a Saturday to come here, uh, uh, give, not only give money to make that happen, but give their time. I've seen kids in there, I've seen families with young children. Mm-hmm. I think what it does, it opens their eyes. You know, life is way bigger than what I have around me. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is how, this is what giving looks like. And this is how I can make an impact to somebody way out there, a couple hundred, couple thousand miles away. So I think it put people here, the body of Christ, and the Christian here, it opened their eyes uh, to something bigger and give them an opportunity to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. That's the best way I can describe it. Love it, love it. I would say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great opportunity to challenge people to do this more often. Um, like I said, I mean, the U.S. is also an opportunity mm-hmm. to be a missionary. You can be a local missionary as well. Uh, but also these events, like Ruben said, you have the opportunity to come and serve alongside us. Um, and we come and get to serve alongside you. And there are a lot of ways that we can do that. Yeah. Whether that it's meal packing, going on a short-term mission trip, medical trip, um, making a donation. Uh, where your donation is secured and is actually going to make yeah. an impact. Um, encouraging people uh, to have an eternal perspective yep. because my circumstances might be different than yours, yep. mm-hmm. um, but it's the same God. Yeah. It's the same God that's in control. It's the same, that, that, the same God that is at work in Haiti and in the Dominican Republic is the same God that's at work here. Um, and like Ruben said, it, it helps you get out of your head. Yeah. Like, Maybe I'm not going through, you know, a challenging time. Um, we get to be represent representatives of those who don't have hope mm-hmm. yet and who are going through hard situations. Yeah. 
in developing countries yeah. um, and in the Caribbean. And our normal might not be your normal, yeah. but we, in these events where we gather from different cultures, we get to be reminded mm -hmm. of what our actual perspective should be, and that's yeah. internal, and how we can use our gifts and talents and strengths um, to spread the, the gospel, um, to bring heaven down to yeah. earth. Um, so this is just an encouragement. Yeah. And also, is it safe to say mission, a call to missions go way beyond uh, buying a flight ticket and get yeah. on an airplane and go to a third world country? It, it's way more than that. You know, this is it. This is part of it. You know, come together and you pack meals. You don't know who's going to eat that, but you know that's going to impact somebody's life. Mm -hmm. You know, and also, also help people see if it's way greater than, yeah. than flying to a different country, then... I can do this at home, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I can do it at the church, I can do it in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. You know, I can I can make an impact here at home. There are people in, in this country also that that we need. Mm -hmm. Their needs are different, but they need to hear Jesus as well. So I think it gives people the opportunity to see it's way beyond flying to a to a third yeah. world country and make a difference. Beautiful. Yeah. Love it. Um how can people get involved? You know, that, that's all different mm -hmm. ways, but specifically yep. with Mission of Hope, if somebody's listening to this, they've never done anything with Mission yeah. of Hope, how can they get involved either time-wise, financially, trip-wise? What are the options out there? Good one. Well, you can come down to the DR <laughs> for a short-term mission trip. We have general trips where you're able to mm -hmm. go out to the communities, talk to people, share the love of Jesus. You get to do paint projects. You get to distribute water filters. Um, and then you have medical mission trips where you get to serve people in a, in a more tangible way. And I like to say this is how nowadays we can wash people's feet. Mm -hmm. Every single mobile clinic that we have, we host it through all local churches that we partner with. And it is a way to invite people into the local church and have the pastor you know, be there. And we pray for the people that go and visit. Mm -hmm. And then the pastor follows up with that person mm -hmm. and they get to be served physically as yeah. well. Nice. When I hear you say medical mission, I would think I have to be a doctor or a nurse to do nope, that. No, you that? don't have to. You can come down and support staff and help with pharmacy, help mm -hmm. you know, take care of kids, play with them. Um, you get to use your strengths. You don't have to necessarily be a nurse or a doctor. Mm -hmm. You are going to be great. Yep. That's great. Do I have to wait for my church to organize something or do I have to find a group who's going or can I just go on the website and find information? And you can go to the website and go as an individual and that way you can meet you know, people that you've never met. You can also go with a group from your church or gather your friends and plan a trip. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And we're planning our trip, I think, next yeah. November, November, if I remember correctly. Yeah, 24. Yeah, 24. Okay. Okay. yeah. What else? Uh, Sponsor a What's on your shirt? Yeah. Education. Yeah. Education is a big one. Okay. Uh, help kids go to school. Because for, for mostly in Haiti, you know, education is it's a huge need. And, and with the cost of education, that keeps a lot of families from sending their kids to school. And that's how we come in and make it as affordable as we can with a meal every day. But we do that based on people from here, from the states or other countries, sponsoring kids, send them to school. So that sponsorship is a big way people can help. And that I think that's imp that, that impact is extremely important. And, you know, I believe in the power of education, the power of Jesus Christ. When you got those two together, it changed people's life. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people in Haiti that are different position today because they had a Christian education uh, to begin with. So you can help a kid go to school. That's a big one. Uh, we always encourage people. You can go to the website, mm -hmm. look it up, pick a kid, and it's serving monthly. $39, you know, $39 a month. That mm -hmm. send them to school, that give them a meal, that help mm -hmm. them with some school supplies, and, it can, and the relationship you will build with them, it lasts. Yeah. So that's a big way, and oh, of course, always continue praying for Mission of Hope, Haiti, and the Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can also do, um, donate to Team Hope. This is what's on yeah. my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I see that. Uh, for at least $10 a month, you can feed a child um, with that monthly, yeah. just $10. Um, and then also we have Dominican and Haitian coffee on our website. Yep. And with Ayo. the purchase of a bag, you can also help with Team Hope. Yeah. And so there's a lot of ways that you can do that. And you can go to missionofhope.com um, and find out how you want to serve. Beautiful. Yep. Right on. Is there anything, knowing that there will be people, you know, you kind of have a yeah. free spot here. Is there anything that you feel hasn't been covered or something you would want people to know or something that's on your heart yeah. that you're just like, I just really mm. want to say this. Well, um, 
it, it might be a prayer request mm -hmm. uh, specifically because mm -hmm. as of a month ago, the border between Haiti and the DR has been permanently closed. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, so right now that is affecting ministry, that is affecting the quality of life of yeah. a lot of the Haitians living in the DR. They, before that, they were living in a lot of fear and now it's, it's just has increased. Um, mm. So as a month ago, the border in Haiti and, and the DR has been closed. Um, no, not even for like commerce, like it's just shut down yeah. um, because of a dispute, because of canal. Yeah, I mean, some, yeah. uh, it's really sad and so maybe pray that the Lord um, gives um, our government wisdom, um, compassion, um, and that the immigration officers are kind, mm. um, and that there's just grace, and that mm -hmm. the Lord just reveals himself in the midst of this hard situation yeah. for both, because it affects both countries mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, in different ways. Yeah. So I don't think I've, I mean, in the 25 years of my life, I don't think I've ever heard of the border being yeah. like permanently closed. And this obviously affects our staff, or the people that we serve that we know by name. Yeah. I think I was saying it earlier. I mean, the, the reason why it was shut down, I can understand it. Maybe it was a security reason, a political reason. But now because of the perspective that the Lord has given me, I know people by name and I know how that affects my brothers and sisters in Christ um, from Haiti and it's a different approach that I have now. Mm. Um, so that is the prayer request that the Lord works in the midst mm -hmm. of, I mean, he's not limited by a close yeah, border, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we do for pray sure. that his will be done. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Well, we'll pray for that uh, when we close here. Mm -hmm. What about you, Ruben? I mean, I think, you know, uh, it's crazy. I was in Haiti a month ago uh, for a couple of days or so. Uh, you know, but, there's a lot going on, you know, our team is, is pushing hard, you know, a lot of them even even go above and beyond. Sometimes even put them lives and put, put themselves in, you know, you know, a difficult situation to, to, to get to those that are extremely in need. When and, you say difficult, yeah. I'm, I'm hearing you say dangerous. Yeah, dangerous yeah. situation to them, especially, you know, I mean, we get things done, right? We, we get the food where it needs to go, but it takes a lot of strategy. Things change regularly, you know, constant meeting, constant phone call. We go down, I would pop in for a couple of days and you know, help figure things out. You know, God is great. You know, it, it helped us go above uh, to, to those spots. But, you know, prayer for the t for our team in Haiti uh, as they, you know, every day, every day is different. You know, every day is a different strategy. Every day is a different mindset. God gave him wisdom and, and, and strength. And, and, and also, our faith can stay steady. You know, for me, even being on this side, I go there once a month for a couple of days, maybe. You know, sometimes it's my faith get like, you know, shaking a little bit. I'm like, God, what, why? You know, what, you know, sometimes I even question things, right? You know, why is it that bad, you know? And I, I come to a conclusion that it is okay. I remember Job was going through a bunch of ups and downs, and he was complaining, I think Job 38, something like that, and God said, where were you when I, was, when I laid the foundation of the earth? You know, mm -hmm. I think for me, basically, Jesus, God is telling him, shut up. You weren't there when I started this. You know nothing. You can't see the future. Mm. I got this. You weren't there when I made this up. I see the end of it. So I know how it ends. And it, as hard as it is, you know, it helps me stay steady, play, play with Jesus. It's like playing the game, believing the master. He got this and he really does. And then continue doing my part. That doesn't mean you put yourself at risk. That's not what I'm saying, but believing in God that he, he laid the foundation and I was not here when he was doing it. Mm -hmm. So meaning he put me here, he see how things end. Uh, and that's the mindset, that's, the, that's, the, that's how our team, our team sees it. And as we continue to meet the need of, of those in Haiti, because the need is extremely, uh, 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 it's crazy. Let's pray. Yeah. Father, thank you for the work that you're doing uh, in every human heart. Thank you for the way that your spirit still roams throughout the earth. And you do uh, what you have set out to do, to do. You were there and you laid the foundations of this earth and you know how the story ends. And while we are stuck between the beginning and the end, Lord, would you come and meet us? Uh, we pray for... 
the Dominican Republic and for Haiti. And we pray specifically for the border. We pray for the uh, politicians to to have grace. We pray for the immigration officers to be kind. Uh, we pray for the people to get what they need uh, and that this would be resolved, Lord. May your will be done and your kingdom come in that place and in that way. We pray over that border and what you want to do there. We pray that help comes quickly by your hand mm -hmm. and by those who love you and by those who are being moved by you who don't yeah. really realize and understand that they're doing it because you're moving them, uh, but their hearts are being moved by your spirit. And we also pray for those doing their work, uh, and especially in Haiti, coming into difficult and dangerous situations. Uh, we pray for that you would uh, prepare the way, that mm -hmm. you would make the high places low, and you would make, bring up the valleys and make smooth paths. Uh, we pray for uh, gangs to be softened, mm -hmm. their hearts to be turned toward you and say, what? why do you keep bringing food to these people you don't even know, uh, and that they would hear of your great love, uh, and that they would turn toward you. We pray for steadfastness for the uh, people who are serving. Mm -hmm. um, that their hearts would be turned toward you uh, and see what you're doing and be encouraged. I pray that Reuben will be encouraged in mm -hmm. your continued, uh, that you've got it, that you've got yeah. this, God. Pray for Laura's work and what she's doing, uh, the way that you have brought her up into uh, an education and political system, uh, and then the grace that you give her. Um, and all these things working together for your good purposes, God. Pray that you will continue to make a way and provide a way for her to be in these difficult conversations, to be the one in the room where it happens, mm -hmm. uh, and that you would be uh, her all in all as you do that. And we pray for those of us who are um, supporters. Um, God, move us, move our congregation, move our people to do what we can as you continue to uh, provide grace mm -hmm. in that corner of your creation. Be blessed, God, as we as we seek to do your will and to love you more. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, guys. Yeah. Man, pretty good. I have loved this conversation. Good job, Noah. Good job, Ruben. <laughs> <laughs>